what's going on guys welcome back to pure evil i'm a man i'm your host as always evil eddie wrapping up a crazy weekend with so much anticipation i mean ufc london hashtag ufc london i keep telling all my friends this if you're not on twitter you're missing out now some of the discussions tonight that i've had with a lot of friends over the years on twitter don't necessarily enjoy the tweets popping up on screen, especially during a pay-per-view. They don't really care what anyone else has to say. They want to sit down and enjoy the fights. But I have a whole different take on it. And this episode, as you know, because you're tuning in, I've titled why MMA fans didn't like UFC London. Now, as I sit back here, and me knowing my fans, and me being an MMA fan myself, I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed tonight. It was a Disney moment. You couldn't get a Disney team together in the 1950s or 60s and write an MMA movie better than this. The outcome, the rising stars in development, Patty the Batty. Molly Meatball, I mean, this entire card, Allen, Hooker, Volkov, Aspinall, it just went on and on with chaos and violence at the O2 Arena. Now, one of my favorite moments at the O2 Arena was on Michael Bisbing's birthday, and I gotta say, the commentary team tonight was so-so. You know, I, I kinda miss Dan Hardy back there, but that's another story for another day, or maybe we'll get into it today so thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of pure evil may we have so much to get into and i'm not gonna lie again didn't mind the card starting a little bit earlier than normal because especially if you're out in the uk you know over here by new york i'm in new haven connecticut cards usually start at six o'clock so over in the uk you guys have to drink tons and tons of coffee or do um, too much cocaine that you're sent to rehab and then you're cut off from the world of MMA for months and it's just word of year you don't even have your phone but tonight let alone this year 2022 the MMA gods have blessed us and it couldn't have gone any better even Gunnar Nelson making his return Meatball Molly uh, Ilya Tuparia and I know you're going to butcher me for getting his name wrong. Patty the Batty, uh, Arnold Allen. I mean, this entire card was absolutely amazing. Even the lead up to it, you could feel all of the energy as we entered this card. Dana White said it after the fight. Man, he is so pleased because what usually happens, guys, the MMA gods come down with a rain of fire and they destroy everything. Imagine if Patty the Batty lost again tonight. We almost did see that because in his first fight, and Michael Bisping called him out, even though Patty won in his UFC debut that we waited years for, let's not forget him going on the MMA hour with Ariel Wani, we waited years for, and he needed a little bit more time over there, overseas. He's finally here. He almost loses his debut. He almost, lose, he almost lost the fight tonight. We're going to get into that and so much more. The tweets that were coming out were absolutely fire. It was just one of those cards that I really don't think 
we will forget when we do the end of the year award show. We got so much to get into. So with that being said, guys, let's get into our top three of UFC London. Here we go. So our top three headlines, if you're watching this on the video cast, Dana Way quoted, we're coming back. This year, has, it couldn't have been any, any better. It really couldn't have been any better. There were nine bonuses. There was a $4.5 million gate. There was 17,000 people in attendance with 12 bouts. And guys, this wasn't even a pay-per-view. And if you're watching the video cast, you see on screen uh, our boy Mac Malley. Shout out to Mac Malley. Um, man, there's just so much to get into here because, you know, even when Meatball Molly made her debut with the UFC, we were a little unsure how she was going to be able to handle it. And tonight, man, she went in there like an absolute monster. I mean, I even tweeted out she should walk out to Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Um... You know, she went out there and she kind of blew her load. It reminded me of last week's event just a little bit, but she was able to recover and going into round three, she was able to pull off what I would call a Yair Rodriguez finish. If you guys remember Yair Rodriguez uh, taking on the Korean zombie. I mean, Molly McCann really set things off for Patty the Batty. They showed backstage Patty the Batty's reaction, the buildup throughout the entire week. You know, Patty saw, I think it was Ilya Tapuria walking in as, you know, they have the fighter hotel. And he threw, Patty the Batty threw hand sanitizer at him. Because the story behind that, that Ariel covered on the MMA hour, was Patty the Batty was sitting there behind the table. He walks in with a group of guys. And Patty was just saying, what's up? So, you know, as an MMA media member, I can understand that. You're, you don't know these fighters. You may be under contract with them. It's like, imagine you work for Zoomies. I used to work for Zoomies, right? And sometimes they would send me to this location, that location. You don't know the people, but you guys are all, you know, pretty much a family. It's almost like the commentary team for the UFC. Sometimes you have Joe Rogan. Sometimes you have... Uh, um, you know, Dan Hardy, uh, Paul Felder, uh, Bram Fitzgerald, Brian Stan, who no longer worked with us. But, um, you know, he was just saying, what's up? And he took it the wrong way. I believe it was Ilya Tapuria who climbed to 12 and 0 tonight as he beat Jai Herbert, which was an amazing fight. I mean, this is one of the cards that you couldn't make any better. I mean, Molly McCann going against Luana Carolina. We're going to get into that. Gunnar Nelson, who, you know, back in 2015, 16, 17, had an amazing run. I think he was on a four-fight winning streak when he came into the UFC. But then it got a little rocky, I believe, after he fought uh, Damian Maya as he got into the upper echelon. And when that fight started, uh, Sato who was actually, he's, he's no joke. If you look into him, uh, he, he was 16 and four going into this fight. He had that wide stance, 
Gunnar Nelson played his ground game and still over at SBG Ireland. Uh, Patty Pimlet after that. The main card, Arnold Allen, Tom Aspinall, who we need a DNA check to see if he's related to Frank Mir. But this is an entire night that it really seemed really scripted, if you ask me. It couldn't have gone any better for the people out in England, especially now that they're back. It's been a long time since we've seen people enter the O2 arena. It's been a, a really long time. Seeing Michael Bisbing there too, as well with the memories he had over at the O2 arena. I don't know if you guys remember this, how diehard that, that you guys are. But on Michael Bisbing's birthday, this is one of my favorite moments. Michael Bisbing's birthday, he goes in there to fight Anderson Silva. The unstoppable Anderson Silva. During a time when Anderson, yeah, he lost to uh, Chris Weidman twice. You know, the infamous leg break. that It's just so unbearable to even watch. Uh, after that fight in Nick Diaz, where Nick Diaz is caught laying on the ground, kind of making a mockery of Anderson Silva, and then he gets banned for two years. But Michael Bisbing stands up, and it's where Michael Bisbing's career made a huge turnaround. And it went down at the O2 Arena. The energy there, when you see the UK enter this place, you don't want to see. See, for instance, check this out. And we've seen this happen before. I've talked to thousands of fighters about this. Especially at regional shows, you see a group of guys, let's say uh, Joe Lozon's gym, right? Who I believe is fighting on the next card. He has tons of guys fighting at his gym. Uh, when he goes to uh, Cage Titans, he's got about four or five guys on the card, right? Your first guy loses, your second guy loses. It brings the energy down. As soon as we saw Meatball Molly go in there in the third round, I mean, that very first round that she had, she blew her load, but then she held back. It's kind of like, you know, we've learned over the years, and, and, and especially with Dustin Poirier, the diamond, Dustin Poirier, it's a lesson that he's learned over the years, where you just want to bite down on your mouthpiece, go in there and throw your fist to cuffs, Finish the fight when you see that your opponent is rocked. And nonetheless, Luana Carolina, I kept tweeting out, watch for the clinch followed up by the knee to the chin of Molly. That's how I expected it to go down. But Molly did an amazing job getting this finish. And in the third round, with a spinning back elbow, at 1 minute and 52 seconds. 1 minute and 52 seconds of the third round. You know, without the takedowns in the first, I didn't know how I was going to score this. Especially going into the second round, came down to the third. You know, and Luana Carolina, with her Muay Thai skills, she had a 7, I believe it was a 7.5 inch reach advantage over Meatball Molly. And Meepal Mali showed no fear. She went in there and did what a UK girl does. And if anything, that shows that she is ready 
for the next step up in competition. Now you can look at me and be like, oh, uh, it was a Brazilian Muay Thai fighter that not many people know. Go watch some of her fights. She was eight and two coming into this. Meatball Molly was 11 and four going into this. I mean, whoever is setting up these matches, the matchmaking in 2022, it, it comes down to a science. And I saw a lot of people tweeting out tonight. And even on my last podcast, I was saying that, you know, MMA math, it just does not work. It just does not work. There was a lot of um, huge underdogs that I was actually against. Uh, Illa Tapria, El Matador. 12-0, the lightweight division. He signed from Brave CF in 2020. It's now 2022. He's now on an eight-fight win streak. It's his fourth UFC fight, four wins, and three finishes. Meepo Mali, on the other hand, this was her very first finish for the UFC. We've seen her, we've seen her lose to Jillian Robertson in her debut. Who, you know, I interviewed Jillian Robertson before that fight, and Jillian even said. I'm calling it right now. I'm going to finish Meatball Molly. She has no idea what she's up against when she takes me on. I might be a young up-and-coming fighter who you guys might just know me from Justin Gaethje's team on the Ultimate Fighter who told me I should work more with my striking instead of my ground game, but she chokes out Meatball Molly. Now, if you come into the UFC and you lose in your debut... It could be devastating, absolutely devastating to your entire career. Look at last week with the guy who entered the UFC who has a former win over Israel Adesanya. He had a lot riding on that because the whole goal of him being signed, I'm not saying that he's not a talented fighter, but it was the storyline that was leading up to the fight with Israel Adesanya. He's already beaten him. So what more can he do? Can we get him back to the point where we can get him face to face with Israel Adesanya? That was the big question. He goes in there and he blows it for Molly McCann to step in there. And you can compare this to Patty the Batty, like I brought up in the intro, which I forgot to bring up. Follow me on Twitter at evil under echo. Subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash and most of our listeners here are actually on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and the audio podcasts. But listen, Paddy the Batty, as mad as we were on that interview that he had with Ariel Hawani in the MMA Hour, where a lot of news is broken, we thought after the huge win that he had, we were going to see him sign with the UFC. Just like we saw with Conor McGregor. I mean, Cage Warriors has brought over tons of people, kind of like the LFA, right? Uh, I guess you can say Bellator, but not necessarily because Bellator has a lot of more developed fighters that have come over. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, Michael Chandler, um, Volkov, or was it Volkov? I think it was Volkov that came over. Um, you, you, You pick it, you pick it, but... With Cage Warriors, we wanted to see Patty the Batty come in there. Guy's great on the ground, great on his feet. 
and we wanted to see him make a splash. I think it was genius, genius for him to hold off because like he said, there's tons of guys over there that are up and coming. You see a lot of uh, regional fighters that have, they take these amateur fights. Um, some, some of them taking 20, 30, 40 amateur fights to prepare because once you become a professional, it's not like the, it's not like baseball or the NBA or soccer or whatever other sport on hockey. At the beginning of the year, the beginning of the season, you don't get a fresh new start starting zero and zero. Like Molly had to go through making her debut. Oh, you're not UFC caliber. We saw it with Justin Gaethje making his debut against Michael Johnson. Where Michael Johnson leading up in the press conferences kept telling him, bro, you're coming from World Tiers of Fighting, now known as the PFL. You're coming up from the C-League. You have no idea what you're in for once you step inside the octagon. And we've seen plenty, plenty of cases just like that. Plenty of them. Guys think they're tough. They'll step in there. They think they got what it takes to become, you know, a UFC champion. I, I guess you can take Brock Lesnar out of that equation, as mad as that makes a lot of you. But Patty the Batty putting it on hold only led up to this moment. And if you tuned into the last episode of Pure Evil on the May, you heard me talking about the book of life, how the last card couldn't have been scripted any better. In life, we get ups, we get downs. But with those downs, we can always look forward to the times when life opens up a little crack of its window and you get to look out and see the beauty the hard work that you have put in to reach that moment. It's heaven sent. And you wouldn't have had that if Patty the Batty entered any sooner. Tonight was the night. We had COVID just, you know, take over the entire planet for the last couple of years. Returning to the O2 Arena tonight, this was a Disney fairy tale. It really was. Paul Craig going in there, getting the submission via triangle choke in round one. Jack Shore, which I don't really understand why he was so low on the prelims. This is another thing I keep bringing up to a lot of you guys, which I don't understand why the UFC does. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people when you tune in, I, I understand this wasn't a pay-per-view, but when you tune into a fight, See, for instance, boxing or, uh, you know, when I was growing up, the WWE, which was known as the WWF at the time, you would wait until you got to the main card. I don't even know if the WWF had a main card, but you would wait for the last four or five fights, right? And then you would get to see all the superstars. Jack Shore, Jack Shore 16-0. Yeah, he won via decision. Yeah, his opponent... 18 and 2 going into this. But guys, when you get into the UFC, I don't understand how you can sit on your couch. I mean, as I'm sitting here in my studio, 
and I have, you know, this and that and this and the other thing to say. I understand. We have a lot of overweight reporters who ask the same cookie cutter questions over and over again. They don't highlight the amazing stories. And a lot of people like to pick on them. Even this week we saw, uh, you know, on the MMA hour, somebody who I've worked with backstage with Mark Ramundi and uh, I'm not even, I'm not even name drop or anything, but they weren't the ones asking Matt Mitrione the ballsy questions like I was, you know, but it takes a certain amount of courage to step into a cage to compete. Shout out to Bloody Elbows, the Eddie Marcarda, which I met at World Series of Fighting. He steps into competition. Uh, Robin Black, as an example. Brennan Schaub, as an example. Uh, the, list, the list can go on and on. But when you see somebody like Ariel Hawani throwing out their opinions, saying, oh, I didn't like this, I didn't like that, this was the wrong decision. Uh, Chris Weidman, why would you ever throw a spinning back kick against Luke Rockhold and ruin your career? Which we did see Meatball Molly kind of attempt. But a lot of people don't enjoy that. And Jack Shore, if I remember correctly, I may be crazy. I've lost my mind at this point. I am 32 years old. I believe he started on a reality show, if I'm wrong. Um, you know, CM Punk coming over from WWF. He didn't do too well. He was fighting journalists. He was fighting CM Punk. Not CM Punk. He was fighting Mickey Gall and then Michael J Jackson, right? Was it Michael Jackson? Was that his name? Who was actually a reporter? Dana White went in on him saying he was playing with his food. But when I interviewed Bilal Muhammad, Bilal Muhammad said, as he was training with CM Punk, this guy's the real deal. He's serious. There's a lot of people out there. Jack Shore being one of them. Uh, Kimbo Slice being another one. Matt Mitrione at one point being somebody that everybody overlooked saying, Oh, this guy's coming over from football. He used to play on the New York Giants. We didn't even know who he was on the Giants. Greg Hardy, which we discussed on the last podcast, being somebody coming over from the NFL, which I went into complete, I went into deep, deep detail over. But then you see guys like Ian Heinish, right? Ian Heinish, he was just a punk. He was just a punk who was on the run from the law. Finally got arrested after, you know, selling ecstasy. Going overseas. And he was running. And running. And at some point in his life, while you're on the run. And if you guys are biggest fans as I am when it comes to Unsolved Mysteries, you know, when you see your face on TV as a wanted man. How long can you go without facing the consequences? Is that your life? Does it end right there? Are you going to have to keep running? Is that what you're going to have to work on? We have fighters in there like uh, uh, Jared, Jared Flash Gordon, who I've discussed um, over a couple of DMs. Uh, over a lot of relatable things, even us both losing a, a close friend, Sergio Da Silva. And I even have a tribute episode for Sergio, who unfortunately 
taken his life uh, a little bit too early. I was even doing a podcast with him at the time that that happened. And I don't know the full story of what happened, what led him to that point, but he found himself in a situation. And I'm talking about Sergio Da Silva here, where he was known as the MMA fighter that fought for Bellator that allegedly robbed a bank. Then John Gotti Jr. stepped in, had his back, paid for the lawyers, and eventually was able to get him out of that situation. He was very close friends with Jared Flash Gordon. And if you know Gordon's history, without me pulling up the internet, if you're a true MMA fan and you know Flash, you know that he struggled with opiate addiction. Even while he was fighting, he was cutting weight while going through withdrawals. Now, if you don't know what withdrawal, especially opiate withdrawal is like, it is one of the worst, the worst feelings you could ever go through in your entire life. Imagine having COVID and the flu times 10. Now, imagine having to go cut weight, sit in a sauna while you're sweating your balls off. I remember when I was going through withdrawals, and the second that I would feel a, a, a heat flash, like menopause, I would just freak out. And you will do anything that it takes to get your hands on opiates, to get rid of it. And that will only take 12 hours. Once you get your hands on that substance, you're immediately thinking of who am I going to screw over? What am I going to have to do? to make sure I don't end up like that. How long can you live your life like that? Day after day, hour after hour. Now, Ian Heinish, Jared Flash Gordon, they took that and they turned it around. He turned himself in. Jared Flash Gordon gets sober and he works towards something with meaning. Because life, when you think that you're at the lowest, will always open up a window. And tonight with UFC London, it was exactly that. Here in 2022, is exactly that. If we saw Patty Pimlet get signed years ago, we would never have this moment. You don't know how things would ever play out. The script is in your hands. And as I was talking about just five minutes ago I've seen regional fighters go in there on you know under Joe Lozon's gym they go under that Randy Costa I believe who trained uh you know even Joe Janetti who was on the ultimate fighter makes it to the finale he's right there thinks he's gonna get the contract and nope it's gone right before you uh, you know Joe Lozon going in there trying to train his fighters and you know the first one loses the second one loses and it really brings the energy so far down. Tonight was the absolute opposite of it. Aspinall going there. Paul Craig going in there. This was one of those cards that's going to stick out for such a long time. Such a long time. And how about Gunnar Nelson? 
Can we give a shout out to Gunnar Nelson? Because he is somebody I've always enjoyed rooting for. And I'm really pissed that I did not place any money on this card. Gunnar Nelson. 33 years old. And if you guys remember the come up of Conor McGregor and Gunnar Nelson. And how SPG Ireland was just blowing up at the time. Artem LaBeouf, the GOAT. Where is he now? BKFC. Gunnar Nelson, I was getting worried for him. Uh, let's see over here. I have Tapology up. Let's take a look at Gunnar Nelson's uh, previous record before he had this fight against Soto. Um, I, I even believe I wrote it down. From 2012 to 2014, he had a four-fight win streak. Right now, he's 5-5. Five and five. He's 5-5 five and five since. Going into this fight, he was a negative 520 heavy favorite. Sato, 21 fights, 5 losses. He's lost to Bilal Muhammad. He's lost to Baris. He's lost to Gunner. It was no joke. It was not a joke for Gunner Nelson tonight. If we saw Gunner lose, let's take a look over here. As I got, and you know what? Let me bring you guys to the internet here. Let me bring this up, slow this down. Hopefully, my stream is still going, going well. All right, it is. Let me bring up Tapology so you guys can actually see it here. And let's bring up Gunnar Nelson's record here. Yes, unanimous decision. Why do why do in my mind do I think that he finished the fight? Why do I feel like that's wrong? Going into this fight, he was on a two-fight losing streak. He lost to Gilbert Burns. He lost to Leon Edwards. And yes, very tough. Very tough fighters. But guys, it's been three years. It's been three years since he last fought. Now, did any of you see ring rust with Gunnar Nelson? Because every time he steps in the octagon, I'm always rooting for him. I'm always rooting for Gunnar Nelson. And most recently, he's let me down an awful lot. His last win was in 2018. 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22. That's almost four years ago. Well, let's say three because it was at the end of 2018. Before that, the uh, Ponzinbibbio fight. Remember when Ponzinbibbio had all the hype behind him. Then there was a, like an eye poke. Uh, he had a win over Alan Juban via guillotine choke. 46 seconds into round two. A win over Albert Tumanoff. The loss to Damian Maya, which I was just completely bummed out. And that says that was seven years ago. That just put a wrinkle on me. Before that, being Brendan Thatch. Before that, losing to Rick Story. Then a win over Zach Cummings, Amari Akhmedov, uh, Jorge Santiago, Demarcus Johnson, Alexander Potenko, Eugene Fedoria, Danny Mitchell, Sam Elson, Iran Mashinahaz, Barry Mares, Nick Trump, Adam Solinsky, Dries El Pacahara, back to 2007. 2007. Guys, it's 2000, 
22. I graduated high school in 2007. Look at the career path. Look at the career path of Gunnar Nelson. He really needed this victory. And I know there's a ton of you out there that are stoked. This is almost like a Shogun Hua moment, a Glover Teixeira moment, where um, you almost kind of count them out. You don't think they're going to make a comeback. You don't think they're going to make a turnaround. Gunnar Nelson needed this victory, and he got it. That put a smile on my face. Before that, Molly McCann bringing the energy. Before that, Ilya Tupira. And yeah, you guys can say, that was quite obvious. You can't say anything is obvious in mixed martial arts. You really can't. Paul Craig getting the win. Jack Shore getting the win. This entire card being free, nonetheless, with a $4.5 million ticket revenue, 17,000 people in attendance, nine bonuses, guys. Nine freaking bonuses. Now let's jump over to Twitter because inside my bookmarks, there was a lot of them. I mean, Patty the Batty going in there, getting the victory, doing his Pee Wee Herman dance. We were all dancing along there. And how about... <laughs> I, had to, I had to tweet this one out because I kind of found this a little disgusting. Drinking two beers from the crowd. You don't know if they poured LSD in there. You don't know what the fans are dropping in their drinks. And I know that Tai Tuivasa, you know, he'll let people spit in it. He'll let people spit in it. But Tom Aspinall, was, was it Tom Aspinall that did that? Yeah, I believe that was Tom Aspinall walking out. He said, you know what? All I want to do is drink some beers. And as he's walking out, he drinks one, then two fans hand him two beers. And he just freaking slams them. Am I going crazy? Was that Tom Aspinall? Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Where are we here? Yep, Tom Aspinall. Now, call me crazy, but during COVID-19, back at the O2 Arena, say what you will about Tai Tuivasa spitting in a shoe, having a fan spit in a shoe, but I wouldn't be surprised if a picogram of anything got into this. All you need is a picogram this day and age. And you're busted. That's all you need. A picogram of cocaine. You know, a lot of these fans are stinking cocaine. Who knows if fentanyl is in there? Who knows if NDMA is in there? You don't know. You have no idea. But this was pretty badass to see. So shout out right there. Um, scrolling down here through some tweets. Aspinall just showed so much skill in such a short time. Best heavyweight to watch, says Roddy Fuller, at Roddy underscore Fuller. Uh, Anthony tweeting out, just make it a double beer. I mean, the tweets that you guys put out, if you are not on MMA Twitter, hashtag MMA Twitter, you're just losing out. I keep trying to tell all my friends, you can become part of all the action. Now, Jetty Goodman, let's see if he's following me. 
No, still not following me. I don't know why Jetty unfollowed me, but uh, longest active win streak in featherweight division passes Alexander Volkanovsky is Arnold Allen, ranked number seven. Mohad Fudalat sending out a tweet. Now, I interviewed Mohad Fudalat years ago, and I believe it's the only interview he's ever done on media. And this is when he first started. It might even be five years ago. I remember I was in like, uh, my mom just bought a house, and I was in like one of the rental rooms. I had everything all set up. I had... Mohad Fudala on and I was so excited I wanted to hear his whole story because he had people like Joe Rogan tweeting things out everybody that's anybody was tweeting out his videos and along the way something happened where he's not as popular but he still is one of my favorites um Mohad Fudalat tweeted this photo out. I retweeted it on my Twitter at Evil Under Dash Echo. I love everything about this kid. And it's a photo of Dana White wearing the wig of Patty Pimlet. Kind of like a Habib moment when Habib would wear the, the old hash. Uh, shout out to Jason Hagholm, who I've been friends with for years in the media league. It's Patty the Batty time as he sends out an Owen Hart gift. Now, Paddy the Batty is known for the faces that he makes that we turn into gifts. Ladies and gentlemen, the UFC tweets this one out. And if you're not watching this on Pure Evil MMA's YouTube channel, you're missing out, guys. We just hit 3.06 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Why are we getting thousands of downloads on the audio, but not on YouTube? I don't understand. I must be that ugly. Just tell me. Just tell me if I'm that ugly. Uh, ESPN MMA tweets out, England is ready to come together, as said by one of my favorite bands. Uh, one of my favorite bands that's opened my eyes when I'm in my LSD world. But they use the famous cover photo of one of their albums with all the fighters out in England crossing the road. And it was one of them. They all came together. They all got the win. Now, Tweet of the Week. Let's get into our Tweet of the Week, which you all enjoy. All right, guys. So this week's Tweet of the Week is going to the art of war six so at the art of war six everyone after patty pimlet's win and man if you can send me a photo of yourself dressed up like this this is a <laughs> this is the best if i have a son this is what i'm gonna be doing it's a photo of a father and son both with a patty pimlet haircut both in bright orange shorts, like old school Nickelodeon style orange. Both of them with their shirts off as heavyweights, so God bless them. Throwing up their UFC gloves. In cheers of Patty Pimlet. That's die hard fandom ship right there. 
Those are the fans that you gotta love. There's no, that's why I love this sport. There's no poking fun of anybody. Unless you have some crazy thing to say or you slip up like I do and pronounce a name wrong here and there after I've drinking a couple of beers or I was out of the loop for a little bit because of my depression, which I hope you can all respect. But I'm back in action. And these are the nights that I want. These are the nights that will clear depression. Fuck a pill. Fuck a pill. I want a son that dresses up with me in neon orange shorts with a nice big beer belly and that bowl cut. This is the exact bowl cut we see in Kingpin. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember Kingpin, but this is the Amish haircut. So between the Amish, <laughs> between the Amish haircut and the Habib Abraham Lincoln beard, let's please bring that back. I'm going to make a bet here, guys. I'm going to make a bet. If we can reach 1,000 views on our... No, no, no. Scratch that. If we can reach 4,000 subscribers on YouTube, youtube.com slash MMA, we're at 3.06 subscribers. If we can reach 4K... I will dye my hair blonde. I will get the Patty Pimlet haircut and grow out the Abraham Lincoln beard. Let's see if we can make that happen. I'll uh, clip this tweet and uh, hopefully you guys will share it. All right, moving on. Seems like a lot of you won a lot of money tonight. Kind of jealous I didn't. Sun does not look pleased. <laughs> so in that same photo, maybe I didn't see that. Oh, they're right, though. They're absolutely. <laughs> so shout out to uh, Gballa50 at G-B-A-L-L-A 50. Replying to the Art of War 6. Son does not look pleased. Looks like dad made, <laughs> made him dress up like this. But, you know, listen, when I was his age, he looks like he's six years old. <laughs> This, this has to be tweet of the week. If I was six years old, this kid is just thinking in his mind, man, <laughs> this poor kid, this poor kid. I, I, I feel for him. I didn't realize it at first, but he had to sit in front of the camera and, and do this pose. And you know what? Back in the day, I'm, there was this kid that used to ride around New Haven, the city of New Haven, Connecticut, on his bike. He had one of those backpacks that would play music and he would just ride around trying to gain attention. But he would wear UFC gloves instead of, you know, when I would go quadding, you would wear the gloves so you don't your hair your, your hands don't get all torn up. I think they were like no fear or I forgot brand names and stuff like that. But dad made him put on the UFC gloves. And dad's wearing the OG gloves. Wow. It was a real with the red print. But he made him take his shirt off. Which he probably wasn't pleased with. <laughs> Both with the haircut. This is the most embarrassing picture. But I love it. This is what makes. This is what makes me smile. This is what makes me smile. Years down the road. He'll remember this. Because this was a night for the UK. This was huge. In 2022. Because listen. Listen. If we went to UFC London tonight and we saw 
some of the biggest stars on the rise, like Molly Meatball and Patty, uh, you know, Arnold Allen uh, going against Dan Hooker. That's a tough fight, and Arnold Allen made it look really easy. Made it look super easy. Uh, Tom Aspinall, uh, Gunnar Nelson, Molly, um, Americani, Pavlovich, Paul Craig, Jack Shore, Mohamed Makiev. The first fight, 58 seconds, guillotine choke over Cody Durden. This was a huge night. A huge night for the UK fans who usually have to wait up till what, two in the morning to watch early pre prelims. But the look on this kid's face is just worth going over to my YouTube channel and checking it out. Let's uh, get that re uh, retweeted and I will do my hair just like that. I'll take the exact picture like that and I'll grow the beard. So tweet of the week number two goes to Jason Williams at J-A-S-O-N-E-G-3-3. And he say, Maquan Americani still has the best topology page. And it's a picture of him sitting there with four very good-looking blonde women. And he just doesn't want to be there. He looks like the kid with his father in the photo. Which is just absolutely freaking crazy. That, that, that's both tweet of the beast and, and just to make sure just to show you guys that's facts I'm going to show you here right on topology nope oh, went to the wrong one didn't go to Americani's page where is it where is it where is it come on man you're killing me you're killing me eh? killing me eh? here it is Nope. What the heck? Wow. I'm going blind. Like Corn would say. Oh, here it is. McQuan Americani. There's your proof. 17 and 7. McQuan Americani. Best typology photo ever. And let's take a better look at this photo here. It looks like they're playing some poker, drinking some martinis. He's surrounded by women. But here's my theory. And I've actually brought this up to a couple of people over the years during interviews. Uh, let me make sure my, all right, you guys are still up to, to date with me. Make sure my stream, all right, perfect. So my guess here, and I, I should really ask a couple more fighters about this. Because I believe that if you're preparing for a fight, it's almost like 40 days and 40 nights. Or if you have a, a six-week training camp, I believe it's better to not get off, not have sex, not touch yourself uh, before the fight. Because I believe there's a, a, a build in testosterone. I believe you'll perform better. But I've also had fighters come back at me and say, maybe it is better to have sex or, you know, get off before a fight because you're more calm, cool, and collected. I'd like to know what you guys think about that, but if there's a photo to go along with that conspiracy that I have, it's Maquan Americani's topology, which may be the best topology photo that's ever been made. Now, I hope I don't get flagged for this. 
Um, another tweet from Culture MMA at Culture MMA underscore McCann KO. And I really hope I don't get flagged for this. You know, like you talked about, Michael, the spinning back. You lose something there. That energy is energy that you didn't use for the fight. You used it on the walkout, which is fun, but you got to be ready for the leg. And then boom! In the final round, Molly jumps the fence. They show backstage footage of Patty the Batty. And then Patty the Batty steps in there. And gets his finish. Now let me, let me uh, show you guys my reaction to this. When, when Patty the Batty got the victory, we thought Molly was front row. Sees it happen, and she jumps the fence. She jumps the cage, and nobody stops her. This wasn't like Bellator. When Conor McGregor jumps the cage, pushes the ref out the way. What a moment. What a moment. Celebration. And you know what? When Molly got her victory, she ran out there and grabbed the belt, ran around the cage. She wants a shot at the title. Henry Cejudo tweets out, Was UFC London the best non-pay-per-view in UFC history? Every freight delivered the main card. On the main card. Amazing atmosphere in the O2. And you got to agree with that. So here's the reaction that you all been waiting for. Meatball Molly, Adam Cantoral, and Petey underscore editor. Here it is. When life gets you down, guys, when you think you're having the worst day of your life, you go through a bad breakup. You go through, you know, you get fired from work. Um, you step in dog shit. Um, you, you have awful thoughts racing through your head. So who's calling me right now? Hold on. Wait a minute. Let me try to reach for my phone. For whoever is calling me, make sure it's not important. What's good? Cool. What's up, Dad? Hey, V. Where are you? I'm in the middle of doing a live show on air on YouTube. Oh, sorry about that. I just did the big Ron Dancer video and it. You can send it to you right now. You gotta watch it. You gotta piss yourself. What is it? The big Ron Dance when he steps on the ground and does the thing. Big Ron Dance? <laughs> That's why I love my dad. I gotta check <laughs> Big Ron Dance. So my dad's infamous for... Whenever I'm in an upset mood, he'll call me and be like, you got to come over and watch a movie. And I believe he's talking about the Greasy Strangler movie. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? The Greasy Strangler. My dad's a huge fan of Napoleon Dynamite and movies like that. But uh, I got to call him back after this and, and see what he's saying. But it's moments like that. And even my dad calling me just to cheer me up. It's nights like this. You know, tomorrow we don't know what, what's in store. We have no idea what tomorrow brings. We could have the worst day of our life tomorrow. We could end up in a psych ward next week. We could, we could leave tomorrow morning, end up in a car crash, and that's the end of it. That's why 
Not only do I love MMA, not only is that why I say there's no more scars on my arms from sticking a needle in there to get my highs off of opiates because of MMA bringing that same excitement helped me wean off of it. But it's moments like this and you get them once in a blue moon. Let me know the last time that you guys felt this type of energy. Because this is kind of, rem especially for a non-pay-per-view event, this is kind of reminiscent of UFC 189. That's exactly what this card reminds me of, is UFC 189, where we had Sinead O'Connor sing out Conor McGregor. We had Aaron Lewis sing out for Minnie Mendez. <laughs> shouldn't say that I really shouldn't I really shouldn't have said that for Chad Mendes as we were waiting for the Jose Aldo fight it reminded me of that but this was a non pay-per-view event this remind this had all the energy of the ultimate fighter season one finale when I was back in high school let me know the last time that you guys felt the energy that we all felt tonight. Because it comes once in a blue moon. And I'm ashamed of myself right now. That I did not place a bet on all of these fighters. Because we could have made some money. So remember the next time that you're feeling down that you feel like it's all over, that they'll never, you'll never smile again. Not only do you have to go back and look at my tweets of the week with the dad and his son, but just remember this small window on one random day in 2022 where Patty the Batty, where Meatball Molly, where Tom Aspinall, or Arnold Allen. This was one hell of a night. And now you know what we must do. Bring it into our evil eye of the week. So with that being said, let's hit it. Alright, so our evil eye of the week goes to anybody out there that did not watch tonight's fight. No, I'm kidding. I'm absolutely kidding. Tonight's, let's see, tonight's evil eye of the week there isn't one. There is no evil eye of the week because it is just one of those nights that you just have to take in. And with that being said, guys, I have to rate this card. And I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Now you may ask, what could have made it any better? And I got to think about that. What makes a card a 10 out of a 10? There's a couple things that were missing that I really enjoy seeing. 
I mean, the lead up to this entire week, we had the the, the grudges going uh, between Patty. Uh, there, there really is nothing negative to be said about this week in mixed martial arts. And in 2022, I guess I can say the only evil eye of the week is really just me pondering why are the MMA gods treating us so well? Something bad must be happening soon. Because we're never this lucky. Unless we're in a simulation. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Pure Evil MMA. Let me know what your favorite fight of the night was. And also guys, I don't understand why. But we need to get this YouTube channel up to par. I know I got 3,000 subscribers. Get it to four. I will dye my hair blonde. I'll do the Paddy the Batty bowl cut live on air. And I'll grow out the Abraham Lincoln beard for you guys. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at evil under dash echo. That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. And also, if you aren't on Twitter, you're missing out. You're absolutely missing out. Become part of the family. I don't get how people can go on Facebook and enjoy the night. I, I can understand afterwards going on Reddit and, you know, browsing around. But, guys, Twitter is where it's at. Let me know what you think about the tweets popping up as well when it comes to watching an event. Because I was talking to my friend Jordan who's also over in the UK, and he says, you know, I don't want to be seeing that. But to me, like, tonight, I got to see Big Marcel, who's been on the show. Big Marcel's broken tons of huge news stories on Twitter. He works so hard, and it goes so unthanked by so many people. He's worked years and years. And when you are sitting back and you're watching an event and you see one of your boys pop up on a UFC card. It's like paying homage. Showing respect. Because all we do on MMA Twitter or MMA Instagram if there is such thing. Or MMA Facebook, Reddit, the underground. They're showing us respect. Because all we do is promote and excite and conversate we have something to do with the matchmaking we have something to do we we have a place in the ufc and that's unlike any other sport out there it's an art and when you see that on screen and you're like i know that guy that's one of my favorite parts let me know if you guys are for it or against it let me know your fight of the night and let me know who you think Molly and Patty should fight next. With that being said, guys, this is Evil Eddie from Pure Evil MMA. Remember, without evil, there's no purity. White knuckles till the end. Behave yourselves.